Hey everybody, you're listening to Top Quartile, where we bring you stories from the front lines of growth in community-focused financial services. I'm your host, Dan Marks, president of Infusion. Thrilled to have Gentry on the show today. So Gentry, as we get started, just tell us about your background and current role there at Mountain America Credit Union. Yeah, my name is Gentry Moyes, and I have worked in the credit union industry for 15 years about now and seven of those years at Mountain America. I'm a marketing channel manager here. And so really at the, a, a company our size or a, a marketing department our size, all of our mass media campaigns, all of our marketing goes through the five or so of us channel managers. And then the unique part that I do is I'm also the director of all of our media, our paid media. And so that's a nice fun piece that I get to work with all of our channel managers, our branding team, our digital team, our social teams, and make sure and our sponsorship and events folks and make sure all of our media and our spends are kind of lining up and the messaging that we're doing and what we're doing there. And so just a little on the background side, I've been at, like I said, in credit unions for 15 years. I started actually in the branch and I was training to do lending. (laughs) And while I was working on a PR and advertising degree and was not digging the lending. (laughs) So at least doing the lending myself or doing mortgages, that just was not interesting to me at all. But to market the lending, that was more fun. And so I was able to make my way into the marketing side, starting in the sales department and then working into marketing and and been doing that ever since. That's probably been the majority of those 15 years. And then as part of that time, I also was running a video production company for a number of years that was quite successful. But as we, as my business partner and I developed into our careers more, we found that the steady credit union marketing side was a little more steady for our families than a small business that was doing well, but could have ups and downs. And so jumped out of the video production world and stuck it out in marketing. So there's some other volunteer things I've done, Swing for the Kids committee program that raises money for Primary Children's Hospital. I'm on the committee for that. And Haitian Roots, an organization that raises uh, or that educates kids in Haiti. I do their PR and marketing on the side, but those are just little pieces. But yeah, primarily in the credit union marketing world. Awesome. And some visible roles there. Maybe what's one fascinating fact about you that most people don't know about Gentry? There's probably some unique, I don't know how fascinating there are, that there's probably some unique things that people don't know about me. I'd say probably one, because I, I talk often about things like Haitian roots and things because I'm passionate about those and those have been fun. But I grew up playing lacrosse and in the state of Utah, it was not big when I was playing it as a kid, but it was getting bigger as I came out of high school and things. And and so I, I actually played for Team Utah, traveling like all-star team as I finished high school. And we thought we were really good until we traveled around into some East Coast teams and they would dominate us. But from that, I actually thought that might be a career. I might go into that more. I might go to school doing that. And I ended up not. I was more fascinated with marketing and PR and things. And so I did coach some junior high teams for a number of years. And that is something many don't know about me, but it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I really still enjoy lacrosse. Wish I had more time for it. Every year I have a men's league reach out to me and say, hey, you should come play with us. And I'm like, I don't know if I could handle playing anymore. Happy to help with the league, but not not play. Yeah. Like Kent, you know, in Ted Lasso, right? Time to be a coach. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what's growth been like recently at Mountain America? Yeah, growth. It's actually been rapid, which has been great. The, the growth has been really strong. I'd say I try to be careful to say it as a marketer, but it's at times almost too much. We have to be 
really strategic with the growth. I don't like to say too much because that's marketers want as much growth as possible. But one thing that's great about that I've really loved about Mountain America is the culture that's been created for employees to to love their jobs. And when they love what they do, they turn around and give really great service to our members. And the great service has helped the growth a lot. And I like to say marketing has really done all the growth, but it is on that service side and the things that are happening there. If the growth is too fast, it can outpace our ability to keep up with good service. And so that's where we've had to be strategic that we're in six states. So some states might be growing a little slower. And so we can be more heavy in our marketing there. We can look at more unique things that we can do there, trying trying more where areas where the growth is really rapid, we can slow it a little while not making ourselves irrelevant on the market there. You know, we still want to have our name out there. We still want to have our products promoted. So, and that's as somebody who does the media, that's something that I have to look at very closely is where do we want to have the, the biggest media or heaviest buys and that needs more growth and we want to see things do really well. Where are we growing too fast, but we really need to stay relevant. Like Utah is our largest market. So we need to stay relevant there and be there, but growth might at times be pretty strong. And so we have to manage that. And that's been a really fun and unique challenge. Cool. And so you, you mentioned marketing and maybe not coincidentally, Mountain America recently took the top spot with the Mackey Award at the Marketing Association of Credit Unions. So marketing is definitely a driver of that growth. So tell us more about that campaign that got you guys some nice recognition. Yeah, that was fun to be recognized. The, the great thing about that campaign is a large portion of our marketing team was involved in the campaign. So to be recognized for one that took so much effort and work out of numerous teams was probably my favorite thing about that and being able to accept that award. It was a fun campaign and in some essence was unique to us. We were promoting our MyStyle checking product and it was named MyStyle many years ago that it's a rewards-based checking product. And so we called it my style that there's many different ways in which the members might earn rewards using that or also use their rewards or use the additional features we've added to that account. And so we promote it as it's the member's style and the way that they use that. And so the campaign we did was a way to really showcase the different styles in which the account might be used. We worked with seven different social media influencers to promote different features of the product. And we had influencers that some may not be known by everyone who's listening. There's there's one called the Food Nanny that's quite popular in, in many of our markets in Utah and Idaho and Arizona and some others. There's uh, the founders of a restaurant called Cup Bop that started as a, a food truck. It was two guys that founded this restaurant and they got a million dollar investment with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. And those guys are doing quite well and expanding their business across the Mountain West, which is where a lot of where we have our footprint. And then several other social influencers on the adventure, social influencers, a local TV personality. And each of them had very different audiences that they reached. None of them were massive, huge influencers, but they all have fairly good size, but also fit well with the audience we're trying to market my style with. But also we were able to hit a larger audience by having seven of these influencers that we focused on. And we created 
some TV spots, some short ones for each influencer, as well as some longer ones of them all combined together and promoting these different features and the way showcasing the way these individuals use their account and what they like about it. And the idea being one, we've seen a lot of research with social influencers, you know, if they really endorse a brand or they really do like a certain product, there can be more trust from their audience in that. So that's a piece where aiming for and then as well as just showcasing that that product in such a way so even if people were seeing our advertising that they didn't know any of those influencers we produce it in a way like doing photography on the sets and designing all of our creative to match along with what the video spots were but also to look for like really well designed and, and a great campaign that if you don't recognize the influencers, you see the ads and it looks really good or that, oh yeah, that does showcase that product. We had this guy who, a hat company or headwear place, they make handcrafted headwear in Salt Lake City. And he's a really cool looking guy as well and a really fun guy to work with. And he promoted dapper loan rate discounts. You get a, you can get a loan rate discount from the my style product. And because he was a dapper guy and some of our advertising looked really cool with him on it. And we focused on certain segments with him. And so that was one of the fun things with that campaign, but also the way we were able to promote that in social media and run some contests with these influencers, the way they promoted the contest, promoted working with us. We're all great fun part of fun, fun ways to run that campaign and see what can be successful working with influencers, what may not be. But all seven of them are awesome. Really eight of them, I guess the founders of Cup Pop was two guys. But yeah, so eight of them, they were awesome. And they're so great to work with. And that made that campaign even better than we could have expected. Yeah. And it was really neat to see the, some of the videos at Mac on that. So maybe we can even put some of the links to some of those influencers in the show notes. So Talk about where the spark of the inspiration come from this campaign, because a lot of times we see a ton of marketing doing what we do, but it seems like a lot of times people have these buckets of, oh, this is an upper funnel campaign. This is a brain campaign. Oh, this is a bottom mid funnel, bottom funnel product campaign. I thought what was really strategic was the way you docked into the influencers and it had a natural tie to the my style checking and it kind of bridged those worlds well. So talk to, you know, where'd that inspiration come from? I'd like to say, you know, I come up with all these great ideas, but it's definitely a team effort that comes here. Our social media team is phenomenal. They do a great job of staying on top of these types of things. I think it also was a progressive thing, which I think is really important in marketing. And when we're marketing things is back to like 2017, 2016, we did a little bit of social influencer marketing before we were really identifying them as social influencers. And maybe it may even been earlier than that too. But like we, for example, in 2017, one of the campaigns we did was one that I was pretty heavily involved with, almost even just getting it approved by our executive team to go down this route, you know, one of the first times to do something as big. And we did it pretty big as well. That we had like Studio C is a popular YouTube channel with a show on BYU TV, which quite popular here in, in Utah. And, and they were popular like nationwide. I mean, they had some of these videos with like 50 million views. And so we hired a guy that was one of their popular cast members to come and be on one of our TV commercials. And then we did some photography with him and ran this really great campaign. But then we tried out the social influencer part for the first time where we, or at least for the first time in that way, where we ran a contest with him and he kind of promoted it and was great learning. How does something like that work? What went well? There was some things we learned from that. Also, there's a popular YouTube channel at that time as well, around that time called Devin Supertramp, 
The guy's name was Devin and, and he's from Utah and he just created these incredible YouTube videos. And we worked with him to do a video as we were going into the Olympics and things and some stuff we were sponsoring with the Olympics. And he created this really cool video for us. We actually had him create one of the videos and then our own team, you know, did one of the commercials and was a lot of fun to work with him too. But those are kind of some learnings. We were like testing that out. What's it like to work with one of these personalities? And then as we've progressed it over time, I think one of the big things was also like the data and the research, like researching the audiences. How did this audience of these influencers fit with ours? The Devin Supertramp had this massive following and way outside of our market. He, it was great, a great campaign, but some of these influencers, they might not be quite as big as him yet, but fit really well with the audience we were going after. The other thing was looking at what is our, who's our target demo for my style for this product that we, we have other products as well, like free checking products that don't have some of the, as many features, but there, there may not be other things associated to it that don't fit with every member. And so we work really hard to say we want each member to be in the right product, not just selling them the product that we think is the most profitable. We really wanted to look at what does that audience look like? Who would be the members that would love this product and really utilize it? And then who are the influencers that fit that? And that was a big part of some of those things as well. So a lot of that, just a team effort, progressively improving upon what we've done, what we've tried. And then this was probably just the biggest way we did it. And some of the things that we added in that we've learned, some of our learnings over time were what made it so successful for us. And so when you talk about research, I think probably often people are familiar with sort of traditional analytics or media buying or those kind of things. Of course, we do a ton of analysis around opportunity and those kind of things. But what, what were some of the research sources you're able to use to understand those influencers and how they fit with what you're trying to do? Yeah, I think a lot of time it starts with looking internally. What is the data we have available? What can we look at with this product? Who's using it now? What do those members look like? And who's utilizing it the most and getting the most out of the product? And then when we can take that and say, here's who's using this most out of our membership, what's some lookalike type audiences that we can look at in, in our marketing and in our targeting? And from there, then it was, we did work with an agency on hiring those influencers. And that was a big part of them. The, the main thing we relied on the agency for was assessing audiences. What's the audience size look like? Where are their audience? What's some of the demographics and locations of, of those audiences? And then how closely does that match up with what we're looking at? The other side was we had to make sure the influencers fit our brand. Are they going to represent us well? And are they going to be good to work with? So all of those things, and you're always taking a little bit of a risk. You can hire someone. We've had the experience on some things where someone's maybe not as easy to work with. And then you're like, well, this may not go as good as we want it to. But all the ones from that campaign were awesome. Many of them were just super excited to to work with a brand like Mountain America. And, and so they would post more than we were asking them to do, just saying, oh, how fun it was to work on the campaign. So that worked really well. And those are some great learnings that it turned out better than we could expect it. But I think really the big thing was that research early on, what the internal research and data that we have available, and then working with somebody to assess those audiences. And that's something in the past we may not have done as much. Like we've done some great things, but really it was just like, oh, this guy's popular. A lot of person, a lot of people know him. So let's hire this guy or, you know, this, we had it with a couple different individuals and that we've hired and used in our commercials and they've done well, but this was much more data driven and focused. And so talked about the results, the awesome, well thought out campaign. What did it do for Mountain America? 
there's a lot of ways we really track the results of this one or things that we we looked at. I think the ultimate thing is, you know, did it affect what we were trying to do, which is open more my style checking accounts and gain more awareness for that product. And it did. We definitely opened, uh, saw a, a huge increase in that product doing really well. So that the biggest piece, we have benchmarks for what is the return on our investment, how much money we spent on that campaign. As a credit union, that is so important. It's the credit union philosophy, people helping people. We People put money into the credit union, we use that money to lend out. And then as we grow larger and do more, we can offer better rates and better savings rates, better loan rates. And so we really have to make sure the return on investment is, is strong. It's got to be right. We've got to be good stewards of the money that's in the credit union. And that's huge. And that did really well. That outperformed our benchmarks. And, and most of that's based on new product. And it's not just the thing we, we like to look on, a mistake a lot of marketers can make too, is maybe every single month you open a certain number of of my style products or checking products. And then we run a campaign and we open about the same amount. Well, that one, and then you look at the profitability of those and that number of accounts. Oh, we made our ROI. But no, it's really, if you're already opening that, that number of accounts, then that campaign may not be affecting that as much. So a big thing has to be, what is the increase over what we generally would have done anyway? And then what did that look like for other products? Did that affect other things? Because a big part of that campaign is, we were everywhere. Like we promoted it so well, I believe, is that we had it all over the place in multiple markets. And so did we bring more awareness to the credit union as a whole? And did we see a lift elsewhere? And we did see some lifts, like in our auto lending and the MyStyle product, we were promoting auto loan discounts through our MyStyle product. And so we see a lift there too. And so those are all things we look at and track. And then our social media team has some great benchmarks they like to see with any ads they run. They need to perform at a certain level. We need to be seeing the, the, whatever the impressions are, the, the way we're focusing, whether it's impressions or clicks or conversions, and all of those seem to perform, outperform even many of our other campaigns. So those are things why it looked really well. And part of that too is like, we didn't just post images on social media. We worked with those influencers to promote us. But then we also were like, well, the ads we promoted were like little animated things. And it wasn't like our full 30 second commercials. It'd be, sometimes it was like a six second clip from one of those or something we'd filmed outside of the commercial with some of the influencers of them just saying, here's how I use this account and adding in the captions and things. A lot of people don't listen to the audio on social media as they scroll, but they might see the captions go along there. So all those little things made it so that those social, the social ads, the digital we did, the mass media we promoted made it so it was quite successful. And that those are the best campaigns to run when there's a success at the end of it. Absolutely. So what happens now? Is this, is this kind of become a theme and then you do another one in the series or are you on to the next big idea? There's always ideas coming and new things that we're working on, ways to progress what we're doing. I think Again, as a credit union, we do often try to continue to utilize some things that have worked well. This campaign worked really well. So I believe we will be adding to that. Um, there's some things we are working on and more to come with other influencers and things we'll add into it and then still be able to use some of the similar creative, maybe refreshing it a little bit and then finding ways of how do we improve the targeting based off what we learned when we originally launched that campaign. So it'll continue. We'll see that move forward. We don't like to overuse any campaign that we do, but one that performed like this and also has the ability to be refreshed like a little bit with maybe another voice coming in or another influencer utilizing like the founders of Cup Op. They were on Shark Tank around the time we were running 
the campaign. So their recognizability is only growing. Perhaps we'll still use some of the things that they did with us, which is which is quite fun as well. Cool. As we start to, to wrap up, what were maybe some key lessons learned that you could share with, with everybody listening based on what we're talking about here? Yeah, I think I mentioned a couple of them through, but a couple of lessons learned. One, I think is something we've learned over time with some of these campaigns. And even as we're talking about like utilizing some of this, one thing we've always tried to be careful of is finding something that works well and then focusing like constantly on that. In the marketing world, especially in digital and social media, things are just constantly shifting. And so we want to find what worked really well during the campaign. And we still want to do those things, but also be looking at like, what else can we add to this? And just as we've progressed over time with the way that we've worked with some influencers in the past and progressed it into the way this campaign worked, we want to continue that. You know, How do we continue to progress it that we're adding new ideas, but also still doing the things that have worked really well for us? And then what hasn't worked really well that we can adjust or move away from. And so those have been big pieces. I think the other is the data part and the research, you know, making sure those who are working with match up with the audience that we want, looking at the data we have in the financial institutions, they have so much data and it's just a matter of how does that get utilized? And having been in this industry 15 years, there's been times where it's just like, yeah, well, we have all the data, but we don't really know how to look at it to now like that's progressed so far where we are learning that much better. An organization as large as Mountain America now is getting really good at how we look at that data. And I can rely on those who are a little better experts than me of how should we be looking at this? How should we be assessing these audiences? And that's been a huge piece is the data side. And that will only inform the decisions we make in what media channels we go after in the future, what mediums, how do we continue to promote ourselves and be relevant? I don't think we haven't done anything drastic like, oh, well, TV and radio are dead. You know, we're going to pull out of all of those. That all, like data doesn't support that either, but it also supports like, here's these other things you have to be paying attention to. And so looking at how do we have a great omni-channel campaigns going forward? How do we utilize great creative? And also how do we adjust based off the audiences that, that we're going after too? So even though we have a specific audience for the MyStyle product, the way that people interact with our advertising in Salt Lake is very different than maybe Phoenix or Boise. And those are two big markets for us as well. And so sometimes we have to adjust as we go into those. And that's been a great learning too. It's easy to say, we've designed this great campaign. Now let's push it to these four markets that we're growing in and we want to hit big in but then one market may not relate to that very well and then it doesn't perform. And so how do we adjust based again off the data that we have and what we've seen in each of those markets to make sure things perform well? Very well said. Yeah, there's so much data. That is one of the beneficial things about our industry of data and using and tapping into that expertise, particularly you mentioned benchmarking inside data and outside and looking at where's that opportunity and then tracking it all the way. So data informs the opportunity, but then omni-channel execution tracking. So Gentry, so glad to have you on the show. Awesome to have smart people from around the country on the show. And any um, final thoughts before we wrap up? No, well, one, I thank you for having me on. What an honor to, to come on and talk about it. It's been fun to, it's been unique with this campaign because I was invited out to Chicago to talk about it in the MAC conference. And then they invited me to talk about it on a webinar follow-up with those who may not have seen it or had more questions to ask, and then to be invited to come here and chat with you. Really fun. But I think 
really great recognition to our entire marketing team, how great they've done. And I think the one thing I give is, and finishing off here, is that I, I've had experiences working with much smaller teams as well. And it can be easy to be disheartened a little of like, here's a big team and they did this great influencer campaign, but they're a larger team, so they can do that. There are ways to do very similar things or find other ways around that as a small team. I've worked on three-person marketing teams or five-person or with some nonprofits that I volunteer for where I'm the guy. And it's finding those ways, like how do we have an impact in the ways that, you know, that maybe some of the big guys can't have that impact or they're not focused on or to do something similar without the large team and putting as as much into it. And there most certainly is ways to do that, whether it's utilizing the, the data you have and being very specific and what's gone after. Or we did hire seven influencers. Maybe it's one influencer and work with that really great one and how that gets expanded out. And so that was one of the things in in the Matt conference was I chatted with some after that there was some of that, a little bit of, oh, well, we're a lot smaller. You know, how would we look at it? And it's definitely possible. And social media influencers may not be the best way to market what you're doing either. That's something we found has, has worked well for us, but it may not always, and it may not work for every product that we have. That's my style. It fits so well. And that's why we've done it there. And we've done it a few times in the past. And that may not be something we always do. We may look at ways to expand that out. I'm not sure. But that's been also a fun learning from this too, is that other financial institutions, there's opportunities for them to jump in, even the smaller community banks and credit unions that might find great ways to do something similar, but maybe not at the scale or maybe more focused. Yeah. And and can certainly leverage partners to extend the team. So Gentry, thanks again. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. That's it for today on Top Quartile. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Top Quartile wherever you find podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating. And if you're interested in getting an opportunity assessment, head over to infusionmarketinggroup.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.